In this episode, we'll have the chance to meet the 34th Regimental Command Sergeant Major of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment. Being an OCT will open your eyes and professionally develop you in ways that you could never imagine. So where was your first assignment and do you remember anything from that first assignment that was impactful? Joining the military really never crossed my mind in high school. What are your expectations of our soldiers, of all our soldiers, not just non-commissioned officers, but our, our soldiers, our leaders, everyone? What's your expectation of a Dragoon? I think that moment is kind of where I decided that I want to make a career out of the Army. That's kind of where I got my calling. Hello, Dragoons. This is Colonel Joe Ewers, Dragoon 6, 81st Colonel of the Regiment, and your new host for Kill Tank Radio. This regiment has a long and illustrious history of non-commissioned officer excellence. The Regimental Command Sergeant Major position has been held by many great U.S. Army leaders and non-commissioned officers. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting the 34th Regimental Command Sergeant Major, Command Sergeant Major Ben Pingle. Command Sergeant Major Pingle joined us just two weeks ago. Seems like a lot longer than that. Took responsibility for the regiment from Command Sergeant Major Burke, uh, who's moved on to Fort Benning. We're very grateful to have Command Sergeant Major Pingle on the team. And what we thought we'd do today is interview him, give him a chance to introduce himself to the Dragoons, and learn a little more about him both personally and professionally. So, Sergeant Major Pingle, great to have you here. Well, sir and Dragoons out there listening, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to connect with you guys today in this forum. I was born and raised in Iowa, spent most of my life living on a farm. You know, that opportunity really exposed me with a lot of life experience that have shaped my values, beliefs, and the character to this day. Learned a lot of early lessons growing up on a farm. Hard work pays dividends. Um, nothing is given to you for free. You really got to work to make your life better. So I played football, baseball, basketball, ran track in high school, and it gave me the opportunity to expose myself to being part of a team, working with others in order to achieve goals, and then also experience you know leadership opportunities in those competitive arena that's really shaped who I am today. Upon graduation from high school, I went to college for one year, didn't really know what I wanted to do, thought I wanted to be an occupational therapist. So I was taking all the science classes and all that. Meanwhile, my brother was just graduating, calls me and says, hey, I joined the army, going to be a 19 kilo tanker. And I'm like, joining the military really never crossed my mind in high school. But you know, as I dwelled upon it, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I reached out to a recruiter, seen what options were available and ultimately followed his footsteps and became a 19 kilo as well. So, Sergeant Major, you mentioned that you had a younger brother. Is that your only sibling? Yes, sir. I have one brother. He's 13 months younger than me. So even though he is my younger brother, he opened my eyes or showed me that door that I didn't know that was available, joining the military, finding that sense and that purpose going forward to put me on the path to where I am today. Okay. So, so he joined the Army before you did. He joined or he signed the contract first, but I actually went to a basic training about three months before him because he had to finish high school. And ironically, at basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky, I'm about ready to graduate. I had about three weeks left and I have a drill sergeant behind me yells out my name. Last thing you want in basic training is a drill sergeant yelling out your name. And he tells me to come over there. He points out my brother who happens to be in formation right behind us. And, you know, he asked me why I didn't tell him not to do it and everything like that. Funny thing, full forward, two years later, that drill sergeant becomes my tank commander here in Germany. <laughs> 
It is a small army. So here we've got your younger brother inspiring you to make the decision to come in. And then you're actually ahead of him, but you guys are both 19 kilo uh, armor crewmen. That's a neat story. So have you overlapped with him any time at all what, during your periods of service? Did he stick around or was he was he a, a short-termer? No, sir. He did his initial enlistment there at Fort Riley, Kansas. He did three years. He he knew his long game, and that was to go back to school and everything. And he is way smarter than I am. So that's why he's a quality control engineer with John Deere right now, making a lot more money than I am. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's take it back then to you glimpsed a little bit into that point in your life where you were in college, still wrestling with finding the way and being inspired by your younger brother. Let's drill down on that a little bit more and talk about, you know, when you joined the Army and why you joined the Army. Army, just to get a sense of that, why you decided to serve, why you raised your hand and signed the line and, and began this journey, and maybe what you remember about your earliest assignments. So like I said, I was in college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do something in the medical field, and I was convinced when I went to MEPS that I was going to get a job in the medical field in the Army. Obviously, as a 19 kilo, I had the opportunity to do a combat lifesaver, so I think I still met that goal. Growing up, didn't do a lot of vacations and everything. So all I knew was growing up on the farm, working, school in Iowa. So it gave me the opportunity to kind of spread my wings, experience something that hopefully was going to help define me or at least set me on the path for the rest of my life. So funny story as you talk about growing up on the farm and, and being able to get into the army. Every one of my battle buddies over the years that came off the farm, there's always a stark difference. You see everybody else who comes out of the city or comes out of Southern uh, rank and file, and they'll look at military services really hard. And every guy that I ever met that came off the farm saw the military as a break. <laughs> Because you were used to getting up before dawn and wait and work until sunset uh, day after day after day. And so I know that's just in my personal experience, I've had a lot of Army teammates off the farm who, who thought that the Army was a heck of a lot easier than working on a farm. So let's talk about your earliest assignments. So starting off as a 19 kilo tanker, uh, coming off a off of Fort Knox, Kentucky and, and into the world. So where was your first assignment? And do you remember anything from that first assignment that was impactful? So my first assignment after I graduated OSIT training from Fort Knox, Kentucky was Fort Hood, Texas. And I jumped in an 18-wheeler with my uncle who drove me from Iowa down to Belton, Texas. Belton, Texas, I jump in with another trucker whom I don't know. He gets me the rest of the way to Fort Hood. Then there I'm at Fort Hood, Texas. Fort Hood, Texas, I got assigned to 1-7 Cav, who just so happened are Garrison commander, Colonel Danbeck was a platoon leader in that in Blackhawk troop with me. But the biggest thing that I learned from my first assignment was just the critical role that that first line leader can provide a soldier. I, you know, I often tell the story about my, he wasn't even my first line leader. My gunner on my tank was a specialist. So the sergeant, um, the gunner for the platoon leader kind of took me under his wing and he did a lot of things that he didn't necessarily have to because he wasn't necessarily my first line leader, but he was the first NCO in my support channel. He taught me what it was to take care of soldiers. And at the time, I didn't think he was taking care of me because he expected a lot out of me. He trained me and I would look to the left and right to some other buddies that had graduated OSIT with me and they weren't having to do the same things that I had to. I felt like I was always in the motor pool. 
I was either doing other training that they weren't doing. I was expected to complete correspondence courses that nobody else was. So I really thought he had it out for me, you know, and it didn't really dawn on me until a few years later in my life that he was actually taking care of me by him coming up to my barracks room in the morning, making sure I was ready for PT, make sure I understood what the uniform was for the day. When I thought it was almost like overburdening me, he was really just taking care of me and setting me up for success. And that is really, you know, my first glimpse of what a non-commissioned officer is supposed to do when they're taking care of their soldiers. Yeah, that's a that's a great story. And you're, you're lucky to have had a leader like that in your life and in your career early on. So from there, and, and as you map across what's been a, a long and, and illustrious career path, uh, has your career followed a pretty standard path? Do you feel like you've, you've done what the, what the brochure says? When you look at the career map, what's expected for your CMF, I would say I haven't, sir. I've been lucky to have a multitude of assignments that have really been outside of what's necessarily my CMF or that traditional path uh, per se. Ironically, I was only at Fort Hood for 12 months, and this is, again, well before emails. So I get this PERS grant in the mail, came in the mail and says, you're on assignment for Germany. And I'd only, I'd literally just got there 12 months earlier. So I take it down to my platoon sergeant. I ask him, I was like, is this real? Am I already leaving? He's like, looks like it. So I find myself in Germany, and then I'm down in Hohenfels with 1-4 Infantry. So again, it's kind of like, already taken out of the operational side and put in op for, but a, another assignment that absolutely was critical, I think, in my development as a young leader, very decentralized operations when you're in an op for unit. There's a lot put on young soldiers and it just so happened that is where I went to the sergeant board and actually graduated here at the 7th Army Non-Commissioned Officer Academy. That assignment, I kind of started to think, do I want to make this a career? I'd, I was still contemplating getting out. I'd actually applied to the University of Iowa to become an x-ray tech. And then I found myself in another assignment. Hey, they make me the armor. So really, I was like, yep, done deal. I'm getting out of the army. I didn't come in the army to be an armor. But again, it's a valuable assignment where I learned a lot about maintenance and processes and everything, taking care of all the equipment in the arms room. And just so happened was sitting in the arms room um, in 2001 when 9-11 hit. I think that moment is kind of where I decided that I want to make a career out of the Army. That's kind of where I got my calling. Yeah, well, that's, it's incredibly, uh, incredibly powerful. And, and I share with you the sentiment of a string of assignments that maybe you shouldn't have gotten or wouldn't have gotten or isn't exactly what the career path map says that you're supposed to go to. Yet it's those assignments, as I reflect back even on my own career path, that I would absolutely say were the most developmental and oftentimes the most significant of my career. And maybe even more so, those are the assignments where I met lifetime relationships, folks who have stuck with me through thick and thin. So so you talked about being an armor, you talked about being assigned to one four. What other assignments out there along the way were maybe not standard or would you put your finger on and say were particularly impactful for you in your development? After I left one four, I went to Korea. And again, it's Korea has its own aspects. The great thing about Korea, that's where I really learned the importance of a team of teams. In Korea, you're kind of there on an island with your army family. That's all you have there. And just the the camaraderie that we had within our company and our battalion 
was unmatched that I had ever really, you know, had in my life coming up. So another great assignment with, you know, a real world mission similar to what we have here in 2CR with that fight tonight mentality. That was another great assignment. And then a multitude of assignments after that, that have really broadened me as a leader, getting an opportunity to be instructor at the basic officer leader course at Fort Knox and instructing and teaching those young lieutenants. You're really that first impression that they get of a non-commissioned officer other than what they had at their commissioning source was a great opportunity. After that, I've kind of jumped around. I got an opportunity to go to 10th Mountain Division to an infantry brigade combat team. Again, as a 19 kilo growing up, you don't expect to find yourself at Fort Drum, but another great opportunity as a first sergeant um, with 171 Cav that I'll always cherish. Then after that, another broadening assignment. I never got the opportunity to do the traditional broadening assignments as a recruiter or a drill sergeant, but I found myself again at the commissioning source this time at Iowa State University teaching young cadets. And when you look back at different opportunities you have, the impression that you can put on a young cadet before they commission coming into the Army, it's, it's absolutely humbling the impact you can have on those young kids. From there, I went to the Sergeant Majors Academy, got an opportunity to be a battalion sergeant major in Fort Riley, Kansas with 163 Armor. And then again, the infantry branch seemed like they kind of pulled me back in. I found myself down at JRTC uh, with uh, Task Force 4, an operations group as an OCT, which if you're looking at opportunities as a staff sergeant, sergeant first class, or a master sergeant, and a broadening assignment where you're going to really enhance your warfighting skills, being an OCT will open your eyes and professionally develop you in ways that you could never imagine. Yeah, it's really powerful. I was hoping you'd talk a little bit about being an observer coach trainer or OCT. Uh, what a great experience, a great assignment. I never got to serve as a professional OCT. We've got a great opportunity here being so co-located and being on the same team as the Joint Multinational Readiness Center, JMRC, down at Hohenfels, that we routinely get to send our soldiers, our NCOs and officers down there as OCT augmentees, as I know you're familiar with. Uh, so we'll definitely try to prioritize that and, and, and get our, our soldiers and our leaders that opportunity. So all of that led you here today. And to our good fortune, we are we are so grateful to have you here on our team, Sar Major. Uh, and so I think it would be great to just give you an opportunity to talk about, you know, here you are now. You're the 34th Regimental Command Sar Major of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment. You've been on the ground for a couple of weeks, a couple of busy weeks. I think you should get credit for four weeks uh, for the past two weeks because it's it's been a barn burner. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about your initial impressions. Well, sir, I tell you, I'm absolutely impressed with the entire organization, the multitude of things that have gone on this last two weeks and the professionalism in which the regiment and the squadrons have handled it has been tremendous. You know, I've always wanted to serve in 2CR ever since I was a young soldier is kind of one of those units that you want to be in. And But for the opportunity to be here right now and serve in such a storied organization is just absolutely humbling to myself. As far as the first two weeks, the staff ride gave me the opportunity to interact with a lot of the company grade leaders, first sergeants and captains, and absolutely impressed with their professionalism, not only on the, the staff ride, but with the questions that they asked, you know, and the thought that they put into 
getting the most out of the staff rod that they could was something you don't see in a lot of company grade leaders all the time. And then just the interaction with the the squadron command teams at the SATB and the onsite leader onsite that we've done. Absolutely phenomenal team. That's the best of the best here within uh, the regiment. You know, just seeing the regiment as a whole, when you look across with fight night, the professionalism and bringing the whole team, not just 2CR team, but bringing in AFN Bavaria, you know, the community really works together around here. And it's something that's just it's impressive. That's all I can say. And then absolutely have to mention the Dragoon Ride. One, the community support lined alongside the roads, all the the smiling faces that you saw. But then the effort that the soldiers put into decorating the strikers and everything, it wasn't just a tasking that they just did to do. It was a tasking that they put their heart and soul in to make it the best event that they could for the, the community. Yeah, Sergeant Major, I couldn't agree with you more. We talk about making memories. The memory of the Dragoon Ride is, is, is not one that I will soon forget. I would say clearly a career highlight. Let's talk a little bit about your expectations. Uh, you're now the senior non-commissioned officer of this great regiment, a regiment that relies heavily upon our non-commissioned officers being as decentralized and as empowered and and really as, as mission relevant as we are. Our non-commissioned officers are central to our success and you are the senior of them all. So as our newest senior non-commissioned officer, what are your expectations of our soldiers, of all our soldiers, not just the non-commissioned officers, but our, our soldiers, our leaders, everyone. What's your expectation of a Dragoon? Well, sir, you know, my expectations are pretty simple. It's, I expect soldiers and leaders to just give 100%, make yourself and your organization better every day. As you always say, sir, every soldier is a leader in the regiment. And every soldier needs to take care of the other soldiers, whether you're a first line leader or it's your battle buddy to your left or right, or it's another soldier in another platoon that you don't have any formal tie to. It's about just taking care of each other to make this experience and this organization the best that it can be. Also, just holding yourself accountable every day for what you do and what you fail to do or what you don't do. We represent something much larger than ourselves. We represent our ideals our freedoms, our nation, and our army. And here forward deployed in Europe and with our NATO allies, it's even more important. We're representing our country over here in Germany. Finally, you know, every day is an opportunity to improve yourself, your team, your troop, your squadron. So embrace that opportunity to have a lasting impact on everyone around you and do it with a positive attitude. I really, the simplest way I can say it is be my sergeant right that first non-commissioned officer i had while at the time i may not have appreciated but i definitely appreciate it now he embodied what it meant to take care of soldiers to train them to take care of their quality of life and put them at the forefront of what they do every day that's some great sage advice sar major i really appreciate that and just speaking from the perspective of just one dragoon uh, you are my sergeant major as well, and so I'm eager to meet and exceed your expectations, and I know that the rest of the Dragoons are as well. So let's pivot away from the professional for just a minute and 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 close out by talking some more about you as a person. We want to know who Sergeant Major Pingle is. We want to know uh, just a little bit more about you. So what more can you tell me about yourself? So I'm married to my amazing wife, Tasha. 
Um, she's originally from Illinois. She also is a veteran. She was a combat medic in the army. My hobbies personally, I love hunting and I love woodworking, two things that I probably won't get a lot of here in Germany, but also me and my wife love to travel. Um, we love hiking. One of our things is we always look for opportunities to climb mountains or highest peaks in different states. We just completed our first 14,000 foot mountain this last summer in Colorado and looking for the opportunity to do to climb some mountains here across Europe. No, that's great. And we're really excited to have you and Tasha on the team. It's been wonderful to get to know you a little bit as uh, as you came out of your travel ROM upon arrival, uh, came out on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving and kicked off your freedom with Thanksgiving dinner with the Ewers family. So that was a wonderful experience and really enjoyed having you there and sharing that holiday with you. So Sar Major, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the Dragoons before we wrap up? Sir, lastly, I'm just honored and humbled for the opportunity to serve as the 34th Regimental Command Sergeant Major and looking forward to everything that the regiment accomplishes in 2021 and hope everybody out there has a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know more about our new Regimental Command Sergeant Major, and I know that our Dragoons have as well. It's been a pleasure to talk to Command Sergeant Major Pingle today. As we transition into the holiday season, just one last plug. I'd like to wish everybody a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. We greatly appreciate all of the holiday spirit. As Sar Major mentioned, the Dragoon ride was nothing short of epic, and the holiday joy that's out there is, is both real and valuable. As you transition to your holiday plans, whether that's here locally, back in the States, or anywhere in between, please be safe. Please look out for each other, take care of each other, and come on back. We need every single Dragoon on this team. This is Dragoon 6, signing off. Hey Dragoons, this is Dragoon 6. If you've got a great idea for an episode or you'd like to participate in an episode, please reach out to our public affairs officer. This is a show for Dragoons by Dragoons, and so we're always looking for great new content.